Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Hell white and ice cold. You don't go out into the sunlight. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. This isn't real. This kind of stuff just doesn't exist. It does in my world. I'd rather die than to stay away from you. He's got unparalleled senses. Absolutely lethal. I'll do whatever it takes to make you safe again. You're faster than the others. But not stronger. I'm strong enough to kill you. You are my life now. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to our recurring guest, big time returnee. Let me read this intro. He's a white collar working man by day, an absolute no collar DJ beast by night. Some know him exclusively as DJ Culture Quest. Others know him by three simple letters. Lady and gentlemen, kids, the one, the only, a J B. Get the fuck up. Simon says, get the fuck up. Throw your hands in the sky. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> that's, in- that's incredible. <laughs> How's it feel being back in podcast studio? It feels pretty good. I really like what you've done with the place. Um, nice upgrades. Yeah. Um, you put that uh, that COVID paycheck to use. Yeah. It's pretty cool because I just get those stimulus checks and it all goes straight into the podcast. That's where it should go. I think it's definitely going to pay dividends here. Yeah. So this is uh, the first one you were on, The Skulls. Who can forget that gem? Yeah, I think it was the number 42nd top ranked podcast or? Uh, 48 or 49. 40, I mean... It didn't make top 45. I mean, it's like a crazy. You're right. (laughs) I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. Um, Cans on. You're ready to go. Let's first start off with a little housekeeping contact information so the kids can get at us if need be. Mm -hmm. Email vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com and Instagram vicariouslivingpodcast on the gram. Go there for all of our sweet Photoshop. Put a lot of time and energy into that Photoshop. A lot of time and energy into it. Also, you already have ours done? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that this thing was just made. This one was just definitely made for your Photoshop skills. My Photoshop is pretty fucking unreal on this one. And <laughs> I, I like to be prepared. Like, I have a Photoshop done weeks in <laughs> did, advance. Did, did the cover of this film inspire? Like, was, was your desire to do Photoshop for this film what triggered this? Uh, It was like. 84 and a half percent of of it probably 
was just seeing the cover. I thought so. Yeah. And you'll see it on the Instagram, but the cover of the book is actually really tight too. Oh, I don't know if I can picture that in my head. It's simple. It's just two hands holding an apple, a oh, red yeah. apple. Yeah, okay, I got you. Black background. Did you use that? No. I'll <laughs> use that on the preview. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see what I do with that on the preview and then use the regular cover. But um, yeah, it, it was so, so announce what movie we're doing on the pod, AJB. We're doing Twilight. Oh, my God. And you were telling me when you first got here that your significant other was really in the sweet spot. When this movie came out. Yeah, a little bit of age gap. Uh, she was in junior high. She let me know when this thing was out. I was in what, college or like late college. Or... Oh, I thought she was still in junior high. You're right. I think she was in grade school at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, I thought you said she was 13 now. She's, she's 14 now. Oh, okay, my bad. But uh, yeah, this was a uh, peak her time. So uh, we also watched this flick in preparation for this pod and got to see her vantage point on it. So I've got some, uh, some what is it, pseudo, pseudo thoughts. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear this because all joking aside, in 08 when this movie came out, she was 13 and that is like <laughs> the target yeah. demo for Twilight. I think so. Based so, on what I just saw, it, uh, it seems to be. It definitely wasn't my demographic. Well, I'm glad that... I'm glad that we're going to get her perspective. And um, I'm also glad that you and I, a couple 33-year-old males, are going to tackle this this movie that's built for 13-year-old girls. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's in our wheelhouse, actually, though. Yeah. This movie also was a rare instance of uh, there was actually no back and forth. Like, usually with a guest who comes on the VL pod, I'll give you a big list of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, like with Skulls, you saw that on the list and you're like, that's what I need to do yep. on this one. There was no back and forth. I just said to you, we need to do twilight. You did. You did. And I had little argument. I, you sent me the actual cover of it. You said, do you want to do this? And I chuckled because I had intentionally gone through this 33 years or whenever that first film came out intentionally not wanting to see it avoiding it mm-hmm. you can't avoid it i mean you don't no one knows that this movie did not exist right you have to intentionally avoid it and you and i both had managed that until right. now yep thank you then we knew it was about time like yeah to your point 33 years is long enough to avoid this it's time to stop doing that and start living right this is a 33 year old flick um also, want to just call out that we specifically waited to record this podcast until we caught our first full moon of February. Mm-hmm. I think that was smart on both of our parts. Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do this with some like some bullshit like waning, waxing mm-hmm. moon situation, half crescent bullshit. No. Mm-hmm. No. Full moon only. Record. Twilight. 2008. Available to stream for free. Nowhere. You got to pay a premium for this kind of art. Yeah. $3.99 on Amazon Prime. That's how I caught it. Me too. Directed by Catherine Hardwick. Some other movies she's done. 13, Lords of Dogtown, Red Riding Hood. Really nothing. She's not done much. I think Hollywood just kind of realized she sucks as director (laughs) after she did this and some other things. Did she do all of the five movies? No, she just did the first one. 
And it was actually huge. It it made like over three hundred, some four hundred million uh, in the box office domestically, of course. But it was really big hit. I think everyone just realized that she just kind of sucks though, because she did Red Riding Hood after this garbage. And here's how I know she sucks. I was looking at her IMDb, and two of her recent credits is that she did two episodes of This Is Us. This Is Us. It's the worst show on TV. Okay. Or in history. Okay. Okay. Have you ever seen it? I don't think so. That's good. This is us is uh an absolute But that's bonkers though. If you come out you come out of the gates with this, that is a like childhood, you know, like cornerstone and you're not able to get the next four movies, that's that's like a major slap in the face. Well, she came out of the gate with thirteen. I think that was a big surprise hit. And then she got like a couple other shots at stuff. And this was one of her like final big shots. And I mean, you saw the movie. I wouldn't say it was like a directorial masterpiece. No. Would you say Harry Potter was a directorial masterpiece? <sighs> I'm so. It's because hard that, for me because to that's sit. my analog right there is like this is this was like comparable to like my Harry Potter. Like I, I saw the premieres, stayed up late to go to the premieres, read all the books but this thing, like people do the same thing for Twilight. But who directed those? I have, that I have no idea. But it was very similar. Huge books, huge, huge books. But I, I can't answer that on. It's hard for me to answer that on Harry Potter though, because I love the book so much that by the time the movies came out, it's just like, why is Daniel Radcliffe Harry? <laughs> He's four foot ten as a full grown adult male. You didn't watch the movies. I watched them all and I just got really pissed off. I can never get over the fact that Harry is like supposed to be the like taking down the biggest badass, like most evil villain of all time, Voldemort, and he he doesn't break five two. What is you wanted a taller taller yeah. Harry? In the books, Harry <laughs> is tall and lanky. He's like tall and lanky. He's like six two, hundred and sixty five pounds, soaking wet, but he's still got a little height. In the movies, Radcliffe <laughs> is five one and a half soaking wet and Hermione is taller than him. What the fuck? <laughs> Who would you have casted if you could do it? Uh, I always say I've said this on the pod. This is this is a stale take, but one of the Hemsworth brothers. <laughs> <laughs> not not Thor. Not Thor. N- not that guy. He would be a horrible Harry. The other one, dude. Liam. I can only picture him now as like a 30 year old man because he's, isn't he older? Liam was in the uh, Hunger Games movies. Oh, okay. Gale. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. He's okay, like lanky. Yeah. Okay, but I, see, his, I can see that. I can all see right, that. his body type, that's who I had in mind. So let's not say it's a Hemsworth, but just that body type, like 6'2, six, 6'3, six, yeah. gangly. You know, a little cut, a little yeah. bit more definition. Little swimmer's body. Yeah, broad shoulders. Or a soccer body. <laughs> uh anyways yeah these are based on the new york times best-selling books the twilight series dude big deal these books stephanie meyer is the author they were huge like you were comparing them to harry potter i think that's a pretty good comp i had two fun facts about the books one stephanie meyer had no previous writing experience this was her first book she ever wrote and it became that big of a hit also cool story this whole thing came to her in a dream Mm. yeah Mm, that's like one of those things that you say 
It's a, she, she said, uh, she had this dream. It was two people in kind of a circular meadow with really bright sunlight. And one of them was a beautiful sparkling boy. And one was just a girl who was human and normal. And that's what started it all. Okay. Well, that sounds like a pretty commonplace dream then. I can, I can believe that. <laughs> Dreamt about sparkling boys last night. Oh, what? Yeah. I mean, how many sparkling boy dreams have you had over the course of your life? If I had a nickel. <laughs> You'd have a lot of nickels. I'd have a couple of nickels. Yeah. Plot of this movie. Bella Swan was not expecting anything out of the ordinary to happen when she moved to live with her dad in Forks, Washington. Let me uh, ask you a question, though. On what, what, Who is the author? Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Meyer. Do you know how old she was at all? <sighs> she actually made a cameo in this movie. And in the movie, she looked like she was probably like early 40s. Okay. So she was probably in her 30s when she wrote these books. Also was informed. I did I did piss poor research coming into this pod. I apologize. Very unprofessional. But I was informed that uh, she is of the Mormon faith. Okay. Did you uncover that? No. Could have some uh, tentacles throughout the, you know, theme. Oh, really? I don't know. Just the whole, like, Mormon. Do they eat people? They they eat people. Yeah, I've I, heard that. I believe, I don't know, just uh, just something to keep in mind as we get through this. I'll be whole, watching out. Yeah. yeah, so we thinking that like Mormons just full on bite people's necks, they're vampires. I don't So you're saying? I don't think we I know. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Really good dot connection by you right there. <laughs> um anyways, back to the plot. This is where life truly begins. There, Bella meets Edward Cullen, a mysterious and captivating student at her new high school. Bella soon discovers that Edward is hiding a secret. After he impossibly saves her life with his superhuman strength and speed, she is determined to unravel his secret. But guess what, AJB? Mm. The truth is more terrifying than she ever realized. Edward is a vampire. Mm. Any normal person would just keep away from him, but Edward and Bella have fallen passionately and unconditionally in love with each other, and so begins their forbidden relationship between a human and a vampire, but the young lovers soon discover that their troubles are only just about to begin. Twilight. Wow, dude. Young love. Young love, and I think this kind of fits the uh, the hallmark of a teen drama, which is, I don't know how old Edward or Robert Pattinson was or this Bella lady, but probably far from the ages they were supposed to depict. Yeah, they're supposed to be 17-year-olds, and um, yeah, not buying it. Probably mid-20s, I'd say. So yeah, right in our wheelhouse of a bunch of 25-year-olds show up playing 14-and-a-half-year-olds, and we're in. Yeah, we're in. <laughs> we're in 100%. A um, couple fun facts from me on this movie. One, the book was originally named Forks. Because that's the town that she moves to. Mm. And uh, the publisher talked her out of it. So they eventually chose Twilight. But how bad would that have been if that was just the name of this? Pretty bad. Now I'm trying to understand. Now I'm analyzing Twilight. Is there any connection to the word Twilight to this book or film? No, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what Twilight is. What is that? That's a good question. Something about... Moonlight stuff? Moonlight? Maybe. Stars? Light? Yeah. We'll look it up after the pod. We'll obviously not do it right now. Um, 
this one was just funny to me. I saw this and I did, I was more so just confused why, why this was even tracked. So I felt like I just wanted to say it on the pod as a fun fact. Kristen Stewart smiles over 35 times during the course of this movie. <laughs> That's a hot fact. <laughs> you don't get that fact just on any podcast. <laughs> Anyway, Stephanie Meyer, like I said, she makes a cameo in this movie. That's another one. And then also she said that the apple on the uh, cover of the books represents the forbidden fruit from the book of Genesis. It represents Bella and Edward's like forbidden love. Mm. It also represents Bella's knowledge of good and evil and the choices she makes. Man, I need to understand the Mormon religion more. I don't know if the book of Genesis comes into play. Who knows? But yeah, I can see that because the forbidden fruit of Edward the whole time is just like dangling in front of her. Yeah, a lot of uh, suppressed sexual. There's a lot of analogies to the whole sex versus vampire. Uh, Beauty's taking his shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) Getting hot in here. (laughs) Just talking about it. But there was a lot of things that were forbidden. Yeah. Um, pretty hot take there. Hot take by you. Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> score. Should we guess it? Oh, that's that's got to be interesting. That is the critic score, correct? This is the critic score, correct? Um, thirty-four percent. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say a little higher at fifty-eight. Coming in at a sweltering forty-nine. Hmm. Halfway so, there. right in the middle of what yeah. we guessed. Yeah. That sounds about right. Like it's not getting over 50%. You know? I got to say, it wasn't It wasn't as bad. Everyone's like, oh, it's so bad. It doesn't hold up. But, I mean, it was it was not good. But right. beyond the, uh, the, the kind of hilarious CGI effects that just made me giggle every time I saw, there was some good... I thought it was filmed okay. I mean, and... The acting was kind of piss poor, but it wasn't, it wasn't overall like a total throwaway. No, I think it was just like one of those, it kind of, it was what it was, you know, like what, what'd you expect to get? This is, this is built for 13 year olds and us. (laughs) And so I think the acting, the literally everything, the writing was just built for that. And so that's why. It kind of was what it, the end product was, but I kind of felt like when I was watching it, like my expectations were so low that I was like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm okay." I think I'm right there with you. Yeah. yeah. All right, player breakdown. You ready? Let's do it. Kristen Stewart. Now, we did an extensive breakdown of Kristen Stewart on the Adventureland pod. So, kids, I'll tell you, just go listen to the Adventureland pod because, honestly, that's one of my favorite pods that we've done. That movie is just amazing. Yeah, it's a pretty good flick. Perfect. So, I'm going to save... was in that. I'm going to save a, a lot of my thoughts on that, but what are your... Kristen, what's rattling in your head on Kristen Stewart? 
we're going to go first with, you know, the physical appearances I think uh, you tend to do. Uh, but like something something weird with the, with the mouth, it, w- it was like kind of like this reverse frown, like very like prominent. Just the facial feature, the way that she was kind of portraying that like kind of nervous uh, damsel. Type. Yeah. I think her facial features just really played to that. That's that's number one. She does kind of have it's you know people have like resting bitch face. I wouldn't say she, it's like a resting frown face. That's what it, I was gonna say resting bitch face, but that's not it. It's she's got like a, a resting damsel face. Yeah, damsel in distress face. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Maybe that's why she was cast because she was cast first. Uh, they figured her out like quick. I think the only other person in consideration was. They said they were looking at Jennifer Lawrence a little bit, but for the most part, I think Kristen Stewart was pretty locked in, and it was the Edward role that they struggled with casting. Well, who else was that? Who else? It wasn't anyone. I think I read that Stephanie Meyer, her like number one choice, like when she was writing the book, she was envisioning Henry Cavill, who's Superman. Okay, that was who she had in her head the whole time. So that I think was her number one choice, but. The when it got down to like the top five actors, I honestly didn't even recognize any of the other top guys. And then they said uh our Pats, Robert Pattinson, was cast specifically because of his chemistry with Kristen Stewart. Hmm. That's fast forwarding to Edward Cullen though. So but just keeping it on Kristen Stewart, so massive qualms you have with just something she can't control like her face shape. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> that's that's number one for me. I, I thought that, uh, like like we said about the, it, it was what it is. It's, it's not like we were expecting like a a stellar award winning acting performance, but she she just fit that. She spoke directly to that thirteen year old girl in my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. My whole thing on Kristen Stewart is I actually really like her a lot, and I think she gets like a bad rap in Hollywood. And like the reputation on her is like, oh, what a, like she was in Twilight, tw- what a joke. But she's been in a ton of movies that are totally legit and awesome, and she's really yeah. good in. So I'm a Kristen Stewart fan. I just want to say it. I like Kristen Stewart. I I think I'm a fan too. There's I wasn't really pissed off about her. There, you know, it wasn't annoying as in some other films where you see like the the lead. And it's just like annoying. It's just like cringy. Yeah. I, I didn't get too much cringy. I mean, there's a moments where it's just like, come on, but I don't know. She was she was likable. I will say, like in the book, I, the only experience I have at all with this book was one time we were driving up to Michigan. Whole family was in the car together, and my mom put this on, and we all had to listen to it for like a specific. And so, for eight hours the audio book was playing in the car it's up to Michigan. It's a power Michigan. move. It's a power move yeah, on your mom's God. part. <laughs> and this is before like everyone had smartphones. So you were kind of just fucked. And I think half the ride I slept, but then the other half I was listening to it. And what I can say, the main difference that I noticed from the book and the movie is that in the book, Bella is like the most uncoordinated. You said damsel in distress. She is the most uncoordinated damsel in distress ever. Like she can't walk a straight line without tripping over her own shoes. Yeah. And they showed it a little bit in the movie, like she'd fall or whatever every once in a while. Yeah. But for the most part, she kind of held her own. Yeah. 
And she was not that strong in the book. In the book, she is. It's not all about like lady power with her in the book. It's. Yeah, it's I think that was one of the criticisms, honestly, afterward was people were saying like from like a feminist perspective, she made women look horrible in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't read the book, but it sounds like you did. And you're passing <laughs> off an excuse yeah. for listening to it for an hour in your car ride as if you didn't read the entire book. Is and that- honestly, just as I was like hearing myself say all that, it sounded like <laughs> the most chauvinistic shit in the entire world. So who knows how much I'll keep in that, <laughs> but just know that was my, it's how I felt dude. When I, when I saw it, okay. Our Pats, let's get out of the, the hot water. Our Pats, Robert Pattinson, AKA Edward Cullen. Uh, like I said, I kind of did not watch this movie until now. So I knew him as the twilight guy. And then I recently saw the lighthouse. Did you watch that? Dude. Fun fact about that is fan of this pod, Ben S. He was, I think Robert Pattinson came up on a pod that I, a previous pod I did with Ben J and another Ben, Ben S listened to it. And he said, dude, Robert Pattinson is the fucking man. He kicked ass in Tenet. And Ben S also said he fucking slayed this movie called the lighthouse. You see it No, black and white, right? Yeah. Really good. Really good. I watched the trailer. Isn't it just like him and uh, one other guy? Just oh my god, I'm so bad with actors. William Defoe. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really captivating. But so I I went through, uh, you know, my life not watching Twilight, but knowing Robert Pattinson as the Twilight guy. Yeah. Saw Twilight, kind of like intrigued by the concept, and then not sure what to think about this Twilight actor. But like he won me on on Lighthouse. And so I kind of went into this movie thinking of him as a lighthouse guy. So it's kind of funny watching him go back in time with like this powdered white face paint and just like looking all like dolled up. It's a good point, though, because I almost wish people would not view Robert Pattinson or Kristen Stewart as like I want people to view their careers as if Twilight never happened. Yeah, yeah. because you go in like you thinking one way about them. But if you see them in other movies like Robert Pattinson is a totally unreal actor in other movies. That's got to be the risk you take whenever you play a role in these like trilogy saga. Yeah. Speaking to children's demographic, you are your type. There's nothing you can. Yeah. You're typecast forever. You're just you are that guy. But I think he's getting out of it because he is the next Batman. Mm, I did hear that. And the trailer looks amazing for that. Check it out on YouTube, kids. I got a few more questions for you about that whole thing after the pod. But uh, uh, looks amazing. Uh, Paul Dano plays the Riddler, and it just looks so fucking good. All right, couple fun facts on him. Our Pats. One, was expelled from school at the age of 12 for stealing explicit magazines and selling them later to his classmates shut up yeah (laughs) how how hard does that ring true for us (laughs) not us but one of our really good friends was expelled from high school for selling explicit dvds Uh, i think they were they dvd yeah they were dvds DVDs. yeah Yeah. Yeah. so dude hey that'll happen our really good friend and robert pattinson are essentially like the exact same guy more common than you know. This was interesting. 2004, he played Reese Witherspoon's son 
in Vanity Fair, this movie called Vanity Fair, in 2011, seven years later, played her lover in Water for Elephants. Ooh. Yeah. That was just wild. You were asking about uh, how many people he beat out. He beat out 3,000 other actors to play Edward Cullen. Was this his breakout? Yeah. No. Strike that. Well, it was his real breakout, but he was in the aforementioned Harry Potters. He played right. Cedric That's Diggory. Right. Yeah, yeah, he was the hot guy in film number five. Yeah, and then the only other thing I found interesting on Robert Pattinson was he's been pretty like shitty about the series, just like in general, like post doing the movies, he's like shit on it in interviews a lot. Because I think most actors, even if they hate a role they did, they're like diplomatic about it, you know, like, oh, yeah, no, it's great. It's a great role, whatever. But he is not held back. And um, I'm just read some of the things that he's said about it. He said in a 2011 interview that if he hadn't been working on this movie, he would have just mindlessly hated it, end quote. Uh, talking to Howard Stern in 2017, his agents were concerned that he was going to get fired from the movie because he was going at production really aggressively, uh, rubbing producers the wrong way. They would like hand him the script with all these things highlighted, like where every instance where the character is smiling and he responded by highlighting every instance where the character is like frowning, like trolling them kind of thing. Um, wow. What he said about his pay was it could have been better. No, I, I didn't realize that uh, he had that attitude towards it. Yeah, and then he said, I was reading about her sexual fantasy, especially when she said it was what the book was based on. And I was like, oh, I've had a dream about this really hot, sexy guy. And then I wrote a book about it, too. <laughs> 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 oh, I heard that. Uh, did we talk about Fifty Shades of Grey yet? No. My understanding was was that Fifty Shades of Grey was developed as a fan fiction based on the Twilight series. Oh, really? That's about as far as my knowledge goes. Mm. But uh, what uh, got me going on that thread was just dreams of sexy guys. And that's where I feel like it's easier to say like, oh, yeah, like this whole like sexual suppression, just like my desires. Like, oh, yeah, it's just a, just a dream, you know. As opposed to something that I'm thinking about every day <laughs> for the past 20 years as I'm cramming yeah. my apartment filled with cats. And that's kind of like how, because he said this lady's just completely crazy. Like she's in love with her own fictional creation of these characters. No, no, no. It was a dream. It was just a dream. And sometimes you feel uncomfortable reading this thing as if like it's not something that she just wrote about a dream. It's like she's, like you said, like madly in love all the time. There's no way. I feel like, yeah, it was just a she's dream. Just weird lady. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, if if you have, I feel like if you're writing this shit and this stuff is like coming out of your mind, like this stuff is pretty weird, dude. They essentially just turned vampires into like super sexual teens. Yeah. Yeah. That had never been done before. Everything in it with vampires that I've ever seen up to this point, because I'm a big fan of the Underworld movies. It's all about werewolves, vampires killing each other, suck their blood. You know, there's nothing sexual about it, really. This movie made it to where, like, anytime Edward's, like, thinking about sucking blood out of Bella, it's almost like he's got a boner. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) 
Uh, we'll get into more of that. Okay, we'll like, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, get more into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, Robert Pattinson, it seemed like I think he felt that the movie almost did him a disservice in terms of like we were talking about earlier, typecasting him. He didn't like that whole thing that he became. I think he likes doing like art house movies like The Lighthouse. And I think it it he just has been very outspoken about his regret. But the funny thing is, it's like, dude you wouldn't be Robert Pattinson and famous and have the ability to now be the next Batman had you never done Twilight. Like, it's just a fact. I kind of like it. I kind of like it that he's been able to pivot by kind of... Yeah, because you know someone who hasn't been able to pivot? The next guy on this list, Taylor Lautner, a.k.a. Jacob, in the movie, who I'd like to hear your girlfriend's thoughts on this because I thought this guy was, like, huge... But apparently he's not big in the first movie. He becomes like the main big character in the subsequent films. But in this one, he yeah. has like maybe what, five minutes of total screen time? I that I echo your thoughts there because I remember seeing him as the hot, darker complexion, short haired man. So when I saw him within like the first five minutes of the movie with long hair, I was laughing because he just looked ridiculous compared yeah. to the like future images that were in my head of him. But uh, yeah, he was in the film for a very short amount of time. So unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be watching any more of the Twilight yeah. <laughs> series to see how this develops. But um, yeah, we're kind of just going to hit it and quit it. Just yeah. get in, get out. But to, to, to your point, uh, I just want to say that this guy, I'm pretty sure, is like the worst actor in human history. Not very good. Like of all the actors who have ever acted, a couple fun facts on him. One, he is a descendant of William Brewster, a noted pilgrim, who him and his wife Mary came to Massachusetts as Mayflower passengers. No big deal. So he's playing a Native American. Yeah. Oh, interesting. A descendant did, of did, his did, had sex with some of the Indians that were already here. Definitely worth looking into. Dude, that's probably true. We should just go with that. Number two, ranked number one in Access Hollywood's top five abs of 2008. Wow. De- definitely worth looking into after this pod. Yeah. Dated Taylor Swift for five months in 09. That's another fun fact. I got to say the last thing about him and then, you know, because he didn't get much screen time in this movie. Last thing about him is he has this very small uncredited role in Grown Ups 2 as frat boy Andy. <laughs> uncredited. His performance in that is like one of the funniest things I've is ever seen. Is that when they're on the cliffs and they're and they're like cliff yeah. jumping? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would agree with you. <laughs> I did not realize that was him. That yeah. Together. Every other movie he's been in has been pure garbage. And he's <laughs> the only one. He stopped acting in uh, 2018. Just hasn't acted since. So. Who knows what's up with him? Oh, really? He He's yeah. out. He's out. I think he was also typecast and he was sick of being typecast. So he's out. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're missing much because he's really bad at acting. Smaller characters. And then we'll uh, get into the movie. Anna Kendrick is in this. Crazy. Nikki Reed, who is Sadie from the OC. Ashley Green is in this. I only know her because she was part of the fappening nude leak. <laughs> yeah she was caught up in that so i've definitely seen her naked oh and then a big one dude 
Volchek is in this movie. I don't know. I don't think you've listened to any of our OC pods, but the biggest villain in the OC pods right now in season three that Pat and I are doing is this guy, Volchek. He's James, the main bad guy in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's very villainous. Yeah. Cam Gigande. That's how you pronounce his last name. Cam Gigande. Yeah, I know. All right, dude. Movie breakdown. Song transition. You ready? Yes. Movie kicks off. Bella is moving to Forks, Washington, dude. Mm-hmm. Live with her dad. Her monotone, aloof, emotionally unintelligent dad, Charlie Swan. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like they uh, couldn't figure out how to portray this dad as like a doof, like kind of deadbeat dad out of touch versus like a really caring father. I kind of went back and forth the entire movie. Like, this guy's a great dad versus... Like, are they trying to make this dad out to be an asshole? I couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Yeah, it's kind of weird move to be, like, super protective and stuff like he was. But then, like, you've just been totally cool not being in your daughter's life for, like, the past 18 years. Or 13. He hasn't seen her in 13 years or whatever. But then he was so loving at times. and, and they Right. Were, uh, I liked him. Great mustache. So, yeah, it's like, are you a good dad or do you, like, are you the worst dad of all time? Which is it? Like, do you care about your daughter or do you just like not care at all? And you like getting drunk with your wheelchair friend. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which like Which is it? good dad or not. I was confused by him the whole time. Uh, we also meet. This is one of the only times we actually see Jacob in this movie. We meet him at the beginning when she first moves to Forks. Jacob, all I want to say hair for days, hair for days. Really nice. Yeah. We then get introduced to the Cullens. Should we play that clip of when Bella's sitting in the cafeteria and the Cullens walk in? (laughs) Yeah, that was my first uh, laugh out loud of the movie. Here it is. Who are they? The Cullens. They're um, Dr. and Mrs. Cullens' foster kids. They moved down here from Alaska like a few years ago. They kind of keep to themselves. Because they're all together. Like, together, together. The blonde girl, that's Rosalie. The big dark-haired guy, Emmett. They're like a thing. I'm not even sure that's legal. Okay. The little dark-haired girl's Alice. She's really weird. And, um, 
She's with Jasper, the blonde one who looks like he's in pain. Who's he? That's Edward Cohen. He's totally gorgeous, obviously. But apparently nobody here is good enough for him. Everyone is super hot, pale, and hooking up with foster siblings. <laughs> they were doing incest before it was cool. It was. Uh, they were definitely the palest of uh, of, of complexion. These that uh, they were the, at this point in the entire film. That's what made me laugh because when Ra- when Robert Pattinson first debuts, he. <laughs> I mean, like I know that they're, what they're trying to do. Like he's a vampire, but it looked like he was like. Uh, What's like a powdered? What's a, like a, oh, like um, a revolutionary figure? Yeah, with like face paint, like powdered face paint on it. He, he would look. I don't know, like a just, French Revolution guy. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, with like the like red a, lipstick and stuff in a wig. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was jarring. He walked in it, when when they all walked in. That was the first time I was like, okay, this movie was made for thirteen year old girls. Okay, that's it. That's I got it. it. Yeah. They walked in like in slow motion, like with mist coming out from behind them. <laughs> All super hot. The funniest thing, though, to me, just in these intro early on couple scenes was when Edward first got introduced to Bella in biology class and she walked in and the look on his face was like she ripped the most vile, nasty fart of all time. Like... She walked in, and you look at his face, just, oh, 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 God. Oh, my God. Oh, Bella ripped ass. <laughs> which which I still don't really fully comprehend. I know they tried to explain it as, like, he really just wanted to eat her. Yeah. But he was acting like he was throwing up and to the point where... It was it was it was an interesting reaction to play for somebody. Uh, if I wanted to eat somebody and I was trying to like rest- refrain myself to like act like I was vomiting and like to your point, like this girl smells like ass. Yeah. Well, he says like he views it as she's like heroin. She's so addicting and intoxicating her smell that it's like having a heroin addiction. So when he sees her. It's like he wants to plug his nose because it's making him want to like jump back into the heroin game so bad. Okay. And that's right. that's right. her smell. Okay. But but then why make the face that like she farted? Why not just be like, Oh, I can't handle it, it's too much. He he was acting like like it smelled bad. Yeah, and to the point where she actually even kind of checked her armpits. <laughs> yeah, anyways. <laughs> they when they eventually start talking, the sexual tension between them is Palpable. That's going back to uh, the Bella review. That's where I think she actually did that whole thing justice. As cringy as it was, uh, you could kind of put yourself in the shoes of like a a thirteen year old and just kind of like feel that. Yeah, you, know? you feel like that awkwardness. Lust. Yeah, the twitch and the kind of yeah, just like pure lust. Like it, it was like she had the posters on her wall. The Edward posters on on the wall. She did. Yeah. So, real quick, then then there's as we're just kind of going through the timeline of this movie, we have Edward a uh, first save. So Edward saves Bella 1.0. That's what the car crash. Right. 
cars coming in, guns blazing. He uses his super speed. He jumps in front of it, stops the car from killing her. Mm-hmm. That's like the first time that it's like, whoa, Bella needs an underpant change. <laughs> They're soaked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the funniest, I mean, like it's, it's even admitted in the, in the film, but it's, uh, she is not at all like per- perplexed or perturbed about the fact that this man uh, like is, was able to move so fast. It, it's, it's, it's like clearly 80% of her reaction is just, she's so horned up for this guy. Right. And the other, the other 10% is like, how did you do this? Like, why are you moving so fast? And the other 10% is I'm still so horned up for this guy. She's the horniest girl I've ever seen in my life. Super horned up. And, I think at least like 82% of why she's so horny is because he's always telling her like, no, yes. we can't do this. But yes, we should. But no. But we we can't. We shouldn't. Just, why? No. We shouldn't be friends anymore. We shouldn't. But I didn't mean that. I don't want to hurt you, Bella. What do you mean? Like, how? How? I would. If... I were I'm dangerous. If we I were should've. a 13 year old, like the amount of quotes that, you know, like you would put on your AOL instant messenger away message. Oh God. Or, or in your, your profile, in your profile yeah. from this movie. They're just so speaking directly to that 13 year old Facebook profile. Yeah. Let's play some clips of those. Bella, we, we shouldn't be friends. You really should have figured that out a little earlier. You don't know anything. You know, your mood swings are kind of giving me a whiplash. I only said it'd be better if we weren't friends, now that I didn't want to be. What does that mean? It means if you were smart, you'd stay away from me. Okay, well, let's say for argument's sake that I'm not smart. Did you tell me the truth? No, probably not. What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? You're not. I can see what you're trying to put off, but I can see that it's just to keep people away from you. It's a mask. Classic, dude. I mean, you want what you can't have. That's what it is. It's just speaking to so much like he's dangerous. He's covered in broken glass. If you're a Bella Swan, obviously you want him so bad because you can't have him. That's what it is. Should we explain the uh, Jacob Edward Cullen family peace treaty that they have? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think we have to. Uh, the peace treaty is, here's what it is. It's actually pretty cut and dry. Okay, so Jacob is a member of the Wolf Native American tribe that we all know about, rich in history. So they've had the lands for the past 100 years. His dad's a wolf, he's a wolf. Uh, we don't know it, we haven't seen it yet. I, no. I'm assuming that's coming in movie two or three. <laughs> somewhere in movie two to five uh the werewolves become a thing yeah now on the other side of the fence there's the uh colin family which our pat's a part of and they are just a bunch of uh white people that are i guess vampires that have been made the same age forever and they are vegetarian vampires mm-hmm. who do not eat humans no they're good vampires so they made a truce with the wolf Native American family 
that uh, they can live on the same land so long as the Colin family does not eat humans. Is that correct? Did I, did I read that correctly? Uh, it could be that. But either way, we know they've worked out some sort of deal. There's a deal, but there's still some cold stares and some bad blood oh, between yeah. the two vampires and the wolves. There's, dude, there's always going to be a rivalry between vampires and, and werewolves. That could, that's as old as time. It really is. I knew about it yeah. before I saw Twilight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen all the underworld films, I'm sure, like we all have, because they're great films. And werewolves, vampires, it's it's from the dawn of time. There's then an Edward Saves Bella 2.0. Dude, this one had me laughing again. Bella's c- found herself... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a solid chuckle. Bella has found herself alone <laughs> in this little village town, and it's at night. And what I know, and what everyone knows about at night, these little village towns, dude, is there's always a bunch of boys who are trying to get drunk and rape. Yep, always. There's always boys, dude. They're gonna be drunk and be trying to rape. Like seen that's it way bo- too many times. We've seen it once. We've seen it a million times. So Bella. She's trying to get away from these bros who are just like drinking their beers, trying to rape and stuff. Edward comes like a bat out of hell out of nowhere in like his Volvo. And just as they're about to like fully essentially attack and sexually assault Bella for no reason other than they're just really drunk and horny. He comes in with his Volvo slides in and like gets in their face. I was cracking up because he didn't even do anything. He just kind of like got out of the car and stared at him. And then like all of the boys were like, oh, don't fuck with this guy. Well, you've been there. You're, you're a guy. Mm, yeah. You, you were a high schooler once. <laughs> Can you imagine just, I mean, here, here's what I was thinking about while I was watching this movie. And especially during this point in the flick, you're a 13 year old, you're a 13, 14, 15 year old girl. And you're taking all this in. You're you're looking at like, oh yeah, this is the model like man that I aspire. And then here are these there's other like these are the not good men. Like you come out of this movie and your perception of reality has to be so skewed. <laughs> like my boyfriend, the man that I need to be needs to be a vampire. And then also, by the way, you can go down an alley and pretty much uh, you're gonna get raped by a bunch of bunch of dudes drinking beer. Yeah, it's dangerous out there, dude. There, there's no there's no in between. Kids, 13-year-old kids, we're here to tell you what's probably going to happen. And we're just playing the odds. But there's like at least a 75% chance that you're not going to meet a vampire as the love of your life. What's probably going to happen is you're just going to walk through life. At the age of 27, you'll meet some guy on Bumble (laughs) who is into like stocks should we say he's like doing stock stuff he's in the stocks and video games video games and at that point it'll just be like time to get married a lot of your friends have already started to get married and like start to have kids you'll feel the pressure there will be no edward cullen vampire that comes and sweeps you off your feet you'll get married to that guy who's like messing around with stocks and have a couple quick kids with him and that'll be your you're life. gonna shop a party burn fill your house and then uh you're gonna work at a job for the next, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, and then you're going to die. Yep. 
Now, that's 75%. There is 25% of lucky 13-year-old ladies who do get to meet a vampire and live like a crazy sweet life. So that is something to look forward to for one out of every four. But unfortunately, it's not everyone, dude. So we were just talking about how some of this stuff out of context can sound really insane. And after Edward saves Bella, I thought it was hilarious because they go out to dinner together. And uh, I just kept thinking like while I was watching them eat dinner out of context and without the really sweet background music playing, this would sound like the creepiest fucking first date of all time. Let me play this clip. I feel very protective of you. So you followed me. I was trying to keep a distance unless you needed my help, and then I heard what those lowlifes were thinking. Wait. <laughs> you say you heard what they were thinking? So what, you... You read minds. <gasps> I can read every mind in this room, apart from yours. I don't have the strength to stay away from you anymore. He's going to this whole thing about reading minds. If that music isn't playing and you're not in this world of like, we're watching these super sexual teen vampires, like fuck each other. Is there any way that that is not the creepiest conversation in the world? (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, he 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 just gets. I mean, this is still early on. I know she just uh, Robert just saved Bella with a car, but she still doesn't know this guy. And meanwhile, he's saying, "I was following you all day." Uh huh. And the natural reaction to that would be like, "Oh my god, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> Get yeah. away from me!" But instead, change of underwear again. Yeah, yeah, underpant change. Like she. This is the most sexual dinner I've ever seen. Like these two are emotionally fucking each other aggressively with their eyes, with their heavy panting. They, the, the way that they talk to each other is they just get like within two inches of each other's faces and just breathe really heavy for like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then they say a couple words and then it's back to just. <sighs> like. It's wild. Is that what 13-year-old teens want? <laughs> it's just a heavy breather at dinner? He won't he can't close his mouth. It's like, what it's what this 33-year-old man wants. He also says that later he's like I've been watching you sleep for like the last two or three straight weeks. I just sit outside your window cuz he doesn't sleep and he as a vampire obviously. Right. And he just like has been watching her sleep. Again, change of underwear on that one. I know, but in reality, it's like if I found out someone was like staring at me sleeping, I'm out. You're gone immediately. So anyways, yeah, there's just a lot of creepy things going on. But in the context of this movie, I mean, I found myself even getting caught up in it. You know, I, of course, of course, this is not probably a unique, a unique take here, but I would like to picture to see the, the fan version of this with just non-attractive people. Just, you know, just like average to below average. Yeah. 
actors and just to see how this thing plays out. It wouldn't go like this. It would not. No. It would not. First of all, uh, Bella comes to school and actually probably one of the only like high schools where the new girl is welcomed hand over fist. Where's all the fucking high school bullying that we know and love so much on teen dramas? There was was one. She pulls in with the truck and the African-American gentleman goes, uh, nice ride. Yeah. To which to which Peasant. He, to which he gets like shunned. Like he's like, you can't no bullying here. No. That yeah. And then she gets welcomed with over with open arms because I mean she's a pretty good looking girl. Obviously, yeah. No, I the the guy the bully got ostracized immediately for saying that, and that's not how it goes. In any teen drama I've ever seen, the first day <laughs> you pull up, you get hazed aggressively. <laughs> Yeah, we fast forwarded past that. So it was just basically like the two hottest people in the school. You like it's like people like yeah. Oh yeah, that's supposed to happen. Like yeah, no problem. Like dude, life is so much better when you're just super hot. I think that was the more. I mean, and yeah. going back to you're a 14 year old girl and you see this and you're like, well, I need to be hot. I need to find a vampire and most likely I'm gonna get raped. Right. Yeah. You know, because everyone, it's kind of like when everyone says like, oh, you go to prison, like. Day one, you got to beat someone's ass or you're going to be getting like anally raped. Yeah. It's kind of like Bella did that. Like on day one, going into Forks High School, she's like, all right, I either got to find a vampire or I'm going to get brutally anally raped in this high school. (laughs) God, this podcast has been dark. It's gone down a lot of dark alleys, but... Dude, that's what this movie is, you know? Yeah, we need to shed some twilight in this. We we go where the content takes us. It's not like our <laughs> fucked up minds have gone here automatically. Like Stephanie Meyer led us down these these paths, these dark paths. So Bella finally figures out what Edward is, dude. He's a vampire. Clip. You're impossibly fast and strong. Your skin is pale white and ice cold your eyes change color and sometimes you speak like like you're from a different time you never eat or drink anything you don't go out in the sunlight you know what you are see it out loud Say it. Vampire. Boom. Now, honesty and trust, dude, it's like it's coming full circle between the two of them. Edward is now showing her all the tricks, Mm -hmm. uh, telling her about how he wants to kill her so bad and drink her blood, sexually, of course. (laughs) Tells that's when he tells her she smells like heroin. He really wants to like get high on her smell. And I thought the 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 big thing was that he said the reason Edward can read minds. Right. Now, not all vampires can read minds. No. This is just an Edward specific skill. It's a special talent. It seems like every vampire in this universe has the normal vampire skills, like you're super fast, you can jump really high. You are immortal. You don't die. You drink blood. 
all the normal vampire you don't sleep all the normal vampire things right. but then everyone has their own little special one-off talent and edwards as he reads minds his foster sister she can see the future she can see the future That's subjectively know, right yeah those are just the two but then she can only see it at like little snippets because like at certain times dis- people make decisions and those decisions change the future Pretty butterfly shitty effect yeah shitty power it's like congratulations okay it's like i'm walking outside i literally throw a ball from my dog and then i go i'm gonna read the future i guarantee he's gonna run after it and chase it and bring that ball back but then my dog goes out there and he drops the ball he doesn't bring it back because he sees a squirrel and he runs after it and then i go well now my vision changes there because goes my dog made a decision there goes bd you can tell the future <laughs> Yeah, it's like the lamest talent in the world. It's like, yeah, I can tell the future, but like people's decisions completely can change it. So isn't that just called being a human being, bitch? Are we sure that his foster sister actually had a talent? Or it's one of those things where everyone had a cool skill, like Edward can read minds. What were some of the other ones? That's all I know. Okay. Well, everyone had something. Edward can read minds. And then this girl, like she came to the table with nothing. So then she just tells everyone like, oh, no, I got one. I can I can like tell the future and stuff, but it only works like sometimes. Well, what am I what am I gonna do? Well, it's subjective, so like I could tell you, but then like you can make a decision and change it, and then what's the point? You mean like uh, a fortune teller or a palm reader or a tarot card? Yeah, reader? like God, we're just blowing all of our picking nits, all of my picking nits. But yeah, that was another nit to pick where it's like I don't know that talent sucked. Anyways, what happened with Edward, we should just discuss his origin story really quick. The Cullens, they're kind of like good Samaritan vampires. Yeah. Because what the dad Cullen is doing is, and he's he's a, like a doctor. What he's doing is he, like throughout his years, a 17-year-old, specifically only a 17-year-old kid will be dying. And then instead of them dying, he'll bite them so that they don't die. So Edward's origin story was, and this is very timely for 2021, 2020, dude, that we live in with a, you know, COVID pandemic. Spanish flu was getting Edward Cullen back in 1918. Mm, He was about to die. The dad Cullen came in the picture, bit his neck so he didn't die. And now he's immortal forever. That's how he's a vampire at 17. That's right. And all of his siblings were like around the same age. So I think this guy only saves like 17 year olds. I didn't put that together until you mentioned that. But uh, I think you're right. Why is this doctor not like saving all? He could he has the ability to like make everyone not die. And he's only choosing four to six 17 year olds. How else are you going to make a blockbuster trilogy? (laughs) Another nit to pick. We might not actually do a nit to picks at the end in our award section. We're just like doing them throughout this, throughout this movie. All right. Last thing before we get to this baseball game, which changes everything. Dude. The baseball game changes everything. <laughs> actually, let, should we just go to, I was going to talk yeah. about their first kiss, but we've already talked about like how they heavily breathed on each other and stuff. Yeah. So. They kissed. It was, they hot. Kissed. we yeah. all liked it. It was super hot. All right. I laughed hardest in this movie during the baseball game. I, it was the last thing that I was expecting. Why don't you lay it out? What what goes down at that baseball game? Okay, so 
this is the second date with Bella and our Pat. Second date, of course, is, as you know, you meet, uh, you take them home to meet the family, and then, then you follow that up with a, a family baseball game. Right. So Arpat uh, takes uh, Bella out to play baseball with uh, the family, picks, picks her up from her father's house, says we're going out to play some baseball, and drive her out. And they go to a field, and uh, the whole time you're kind of questioning whether or not they're actually play, playing baseball, but nope, she, they're playing baseball. They do it during the storms. They do it during the storms because the sound of the bat hitting the ball is so loud that the only way that they can cover this up from the humanity is by playing during a thunderstorm. Yep. That's right, right? You, yeah, the crack that, that of the bat. Interpretation? The crack of the bat would just sound like thunder because they, they're so strong and they hit it so hard. So they got to do it in a uh, thunderstorm. So the fam- there's, a, there's a pitcher... There's a few people in the outfield. They're whacking it. No gloves. Nope. They're uh, no, no grounders though. They're all just pretty much, you know, moonshots going out in the field, <laughs> climbing yeah. trees, having a good time. And that's when the. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was. It was. I, I think. I mean, like actually, when the baseball game started going, I kind of it was like whatever. But just like I'm thinking about the Twilight series, and then all of a sudden I'm watching vampires play baseball. <laughs> Who knew? You know, I was thinking when I was watching this, I'm like, uh, two things I never knew before seeing them in movies. I didn't know that vampires were just like inevitably really good at baseball. (laughs) And I also didn't know after seeing Teen Wolf that if you're a teen wolf, you're really good at basketball. You can do like sweet dunks and like front flip dunks, back flip dunks, 360s, dribble between like sweet handles. Like you just learn how to dribble really well if you're a werewolf and you're a teen. Yeah, but but... But Teen Teen Wolf was like surrounded by basketball. But this this was like you're watching out of nowhere. You're watching yeah. this movie, and it's like okay, you know, love story. And then there's just a 15 minutes on a baseball game. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I I know. And the craziest thing was the bad vampires that showed up in the middle of the baseball game. They wanted to play too. <laughs> <laughs> This is where we get introduced to Volchek. I'm going to call him Volchek. You'll know him as James, but I, I view this guy from the OC as the biggest villain in OC history. I, I can't view him as anything other than Volchek. So just know for the purposes of this podcast, whenever I say Volchek, I mean that James guy. Got it. He they The, the bad vampires come... And they want to play baseball. We think it's just all cool, but there is like a lot of tension between like these the these vampire crews, like at this baseball game. And you're like, "What's up?" They're bad vampires. They eat humans. They eat humans, and and I think these good vampires they can tell like these guys are are no no good, and so they're about to play, and then Volchek, you can just tell, dude. Yeah, he's got evil vibes. You brought a snack. No human. And that snack he smelled is one Bella Swan. And he gets the craving, dude. Like, it, it gets her sweet, tender blood gets the hooks in him. Mm-hmm. And now it's just known that this guy ain't going to stop. Yeah, he's got the scent. He's got the scent of Bella. 
And I think also he knows that like Edward is obsessed with this chick. Yeah. And it just makes him like want to eat her like even more. Right. You know? Yeah. Because it's like, I can't have her. Yeah, you want what you can't have. Yeah. And he wants to eat her. Interesting. Does he go that hardcore if uh, if he can't sense that like Edward's super protective of her? You know, because there was a lot of clips of him looking at RPAT before he even recognized. So I don't think so. I think that there was definitely a lot uh, to get his juices flowing because of the fact that he knew that there was a little relationship going on there. Yeah, it added to it. Either that or he would have just like killed her real quick and it wouldn't have even been like a big taboo like thing. It would just been, oh, I was hungry and that was a real tasty one snack and I ate it. You know, when Bella first gets saved, uh, Bella saved one, there's a yeah. uh, side conversation with uh, Dr. Colin and one of the girl Collins and then Arpat. And there's like this big, you know, scuttle of like, it's for our family. This is our whole family. Yeah. And then you fast forward to like the baseball game and everyone's just like, got her back. Like everyone's all in. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Funny you say this. We're just going to do all the picking nits throughout this movie because there's so many. That was one of my other big picking nits was not only is Edward just lifelong madly obsessed and in love with this girl after like literally two weeks of dating. And he's also an immortal being. Yeah. So he's been on this planet for 100 years and he meets this girl in, in t- within two weeks. It's it's the the girl of his dreams. So that and then two to your point. Everyone in this family, at one point, the dad call and says, at the baseball game now, I believe he said she's part of this family now. Yeah. After two weeks of his fake son dating this girl, <laughs> she's part of the family? She's part of the family now. <laughs> it was fast, dude. I mean, she was brought into that 100-year-old family quick. Very quick. Very quick. I mean, Think about all the, the two-week flings that Edward has fucked throughout his 100 years. He's 17, dude. He's locked in at 17. Those hormones are going to be locked in forever. Remember how horny you were at 17? Super horny. Same. Now, you take two of us as mortal, horny 17-year-olds, multiply it by like a 1,000, and that's Edward at 17? Forever. So, can you imagine how much stray he's been getting with? So it just the fact that it's like, all right, this is the one and only girl over a hundred years that he's hooking up with, and she's a part of the family after two weeks is a little, a little bit of a stretch. Suspect. A little bit of a stretch. So, dude, this is the end of the movie. Essentially, the Cullens—they're like trying to lead the bad vampires down, you know, different paths to like throw them off the scent of Bella. Mm. They're trying to save Bella because she's part of the family, <laughs> and. Eventually, it leads to just this big-time showdown. Yeah. And Volchek leads Bella in because, like, she gets he gets to her mom. It doesn't even matter. Whatever. There's a big showdown, and now we got Edward versus Volchek to save Bella, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, Volchek, as you say, uh, plays on, uh, really, really tries to soak it in, you know, prolong the torture of his victim, as all villains do in the final scene. Got a video camera out, trying to film her agony, so we can send the film later to our pad just to rub it in. Yeah, but uh, 
you know, as as luck would have it, right before he goes in for the uh, the kill, Arpat comes in and starts getting in a fight. Arpat saves Bella 3.0. That's the third save, isn't it? Yeah. However, it's not a full save because Vorchek. Vorchek. <laughs> gets a bite in. Yep. Manages to get a bite in, and Bella starts to turn. Mm hmm. Which, meanwhile, Volchek uh, <laughs> gets his head ripped off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, like, for, yeah. for like a, a villain, for like this big villain, like the, the kill scene was like super anticlimactic. Like, it was like a split second you see this guy get his head ripped off. Right. You have to like replay the tape just to like even make sure you saw what happened. Well, and also it was weird because Dad Cullen, he was playing Favorite Nations with his kids, and it was like, Edward was about to kill this guy who was trying to get his girl. Yeah. And he was about to kill him. And then the dad Colin shows up and he's like, know yourself. No, dude, don't, don't succumb to this. Like don't, (laughs) but then he let his other three kids jump on and rip Volchek's head off and arms off and then burn him. Cause dude, that's another thing about vampires. The only way to kill them. You know, you hear a lot of things about like, Oh, you get a cross. Yeah. uh, Fucking holy water, holy water. And, it's like, no, not in this movie. This movie, you literally have to rip their head and all limbs off and then burn them all separately. What is this? P- was that PG-13? Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean. Yeah, they ripped his head off. They, they ripped his head off. <laughs> but the thing, so I just didn't understand like why Dad Cullen was like cool with all of his other kids like killing this guy. But like the guy who wanted to kill him the most, who had the biggest reason, like let Edward kill him. I mean, what's up? He's not going to like, I don't know. So that that happened. And then, like you were saying, she's been bit. She's about to turn. Cue up that scene and a little song in the background, dude. <laughs> Edward's got a decision to make. You try to suck the venom out. No, I won't be able to stop. You find the will to stop. But choose. She only has minutes left. I'll make you go away, Bill. Now... Edward, he can either let her turn or he can try and suck the venom out. But by sucking the venom out, he's also going to get some blood in there. Yep. And he has not tasted Bella's blood yet. And that's the blood he wants the most. It's his heroin. Yep. And that, and that, and so then that's that's the hardest thing of this whole movie is while Edward is sucking the Volchek venom out of Bella so she doesn't turn, he's got to be able to cut himself off before fully killing her and sucking all of her blood. That's right. I mean, that is the climax of the movie. It's not when Volchek's getting his head ripped off. Like you said, it's anticlimactic. The climax is can Edward stop sucking? And he does. He does. She sir, 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 it, it doctor, works. She survives. <laughs> doctor, and and the extent of that scene is Doctor Colin, Daddy Colin goes, "No, stop! You're killing her. Stop! No, stop! You're killing her. Stop!" And then he's then he son. <laughs> yeah, it's like I almost felt stop. like Dad Colin didn't really care that much. <laughs> Honestly, if his son killed her, it's like whatever. 
flavor of the week girlfriend edward yeah what number is this for you 100 year old <laughs> hot 17 year old horny horny 17 <laughs> year old son locked into those hormones forever what that's a good question to end on what age would you like to be locked in on if you if you pick up the spanish flu and then your doctor just makes an impromptu decision to make you immortal against your will right what age do you want that to be locked in on forever? That's a good question because my 17-year-old self did not look like Robert Pattinson in the slightest. I was about like 100 pounds soaking wet, gangly. Not like myself now. You're looking at mm. you know the, the best. Now you're tatted up. You're yoked from head to toe. It's like you never skip leg day or arm day. Legs and back always. Uh, so you want to you want to lock in like twenty eight year old you? I don't know twenties. I think I think I'd be like twenty three. You know, you kind of peaked physically around that age. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking the same thing. Seventeen is a little young, and plus, like the other thing about to your point, like this doctor is is clearly going after seventeen year old boys. But why why do the seventeen year olds have to the seventeen year olds who are like all knowing have been around the block for a hundred years, why why do they have to go to high school? Why why do they I don't know. why do they choose So going back to I I would be out of school if if that is like a thing like what's the seventeen year old or twenty three year old not doing in school, I mean, I would pick an age where I would not have to be like in any sort of like institution that was that was my i think it just gives them something to do also again i think this is big on like we need to lock the 13 year old girls in so we need to get them in the high school yes so i think that was probably the main reason but yeah so anyways that i will say the movie ends with there's a little bit of like a tease towards what i assume happens in the following films between edward and jacob clip my dad paid me to come talk to you 20 bucks let's hear it just don't get mad okay he wants you to break up with your boyfriend it's just he said uh quote we'll be watching you (laughs) okay well tell him thanks okay and to pay up. Okay. Oh, let me help you. Jacob. So I was a little let down because I had this whole thing of like, I wanted to know, like I had always heard, are you on team Jacob or team Edward or whatever? Yeah. And I'd always heard that. And I wanted to get like a really clear stance coming out of this movie, but because he wasn't Jacob yet, because what I've seen in the next movies, he like gets a really cool haircut. Yep. Like he's got a cool, like 2010 haircut, hot guy haircut. Yeah. And he's like, jacked like ripped from head to toe and that i think is where it really comes into play like did your girlfriend have is she team what team is she on we haven't uh figured that out yet but uh i I will i will i I think it's a i think it's team uh team edward i Uh, mean if you were on team jacob like get fucked like who's team jacob i don't know we're you got to remember that we're looking at jacob under the lens of Film one. I uh, no no, but I've seen par- same thing. I saw parts of film one, and I've seen parts of film two. So I know what he looks like, and I know I've seen him in a couple scenes, and that's where I really know he's the worst actor of all time. And 
I just I don't see it. Maybe here, it's the, not my type of guy. Like I'm not here's the thing. I'm not into that type of guy. I'm into like taller, lankier kind of guys. But that's like what it, that, that's what this was the first introduction of team couple. This is the first like introduction of that. But the whole movie was about like giving thirteen year old girls the freedom to to speak sexually about a guy. So it's genius of the film producers or the or the writer to be able to say, okay, here's this hot guy that we can talk about, but here's in film number two, like we can also talk about two hot guys. And so it's like oh, hot guy battle. I like I think Robert's my hot guy, or I think Jacob's my hot guy. It just like gives more avenues, more more thirteen year old girls, more ways to talk about having sex. Yeah, I would like to think us too, because if if we were fourteen, fifteen, and like freshmen in high school, and this was happening to us, we this was a little right. after our You're time. Right. You're right. I I would like to think you know us too, like give us credit. I feel like we would have been sitting in the cafeteria, having you know spending at least seventeen hours put into this on like which team we were on, Edward or Jacob. And I, I think I'd net out pretty hard that I'm Team Edward. I don't know. It's too, it's it's, it's too tough early. to say it's too yeah. early for me to say. Yeah, we need to watch the second movie, dude. That's what it is. I mean, that's my biggest learning on this pod tonight. Is I don't know why we'd stop after just one. I do. I do know why we'd stop. It's like really bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Awards. You ready for some awards? <laughs> Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award. It's easy to sum it up. We just talk about practice. We sitting here, we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice, man. Practice? I mean, how silly is that? I had essentially three nominees woven into one, and it's just the Bella Friends crew mm-hmm. in terms of doing the most from a practice hero perspective in this film. So for me, Anna Kendrick, the Asian kid Eric, who shows her the ropes on day one, mm-hmm. and then Michael, who wants to ask her to prom and then doesn't, all of her friends just annoyed the fuck out of me, and they were doing so much. Like, they were... To your point, they don't they're not even bullying her. I I would have appreciated that more mm-hmm. to see a little more bullying. Right. So for me, they're they were doing a whole bunch. And then number two, dude, Emmett. Emmett, one of the vampire brothers, foster brothers of Edward. <laughs> that guy, brutal. Brutal. His facial expressions, like he was always doing so much. He was cocky as fuck. I don't like the cockiness for my vampires. Like I felt like Edward was like a little more humble about his vampire skills. Right. And Emmett just rubbed me the wrong way. So those are mine. Do you want to pick who you thought was doing the most out of those or yeah, do you have one? I think those separate? are all, those are all the right choices. You're in the right arena, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be the, the ladder there with Emmett specifically yeah. when he jumps out of his Jeep Wrangler. Oh, completely. Not out of just the side, but completely over the top bar, like a full six foot drop. It was it was a pretty aggressive jump out of the Jeep. He never like sits in the Jeep. He's always standing. He's standing in the Jeep. It's like, and 
when he was playing baseball, dude, he was like jumping up in the trees, like trying to show Edward that he could like catch baseballs better than him. He, he, you know, he wasn't even wearing his ball cap the right way. No, not even straight or backwards all the way. It had to be tilted to the side. Oh God, why was that ever a thing? Because uh, did you ever do the Pokey Reese? I did do that, but I don't think everyone was doing it because Pokey Reese was doing it like us in Cincinnati. I feel like that was a definite hot guy thing that just hot guys were doing in general. Just slightly askew. Yeah. And yeah, I hated Emmett. So let's let's give him the Ryan Philippi Award. He was doing a lot. We just did a whole bunch of picking nits throughout the movie. Um, and then, oh, the only other one I had about Volchek was just from an attire perspective. <laughs> Why was he wearing a crop top tee with low-rise jean pants what the fuck that's like an 03 high school girl look i think like that look volchek has crazy sweet abs and sex muscles you know those muscles like right here yeah and you know this from the oc yeah he's he's shirtless in the oc 99 percent of the time Mm -hmm. he's a surfer he's a dick and i think they knew like this guy has got abs for days right and sex muscles for days. Like we want to be showing the top of his pubes a little bit, mm-hmm. but they put him in an outfit that didn't make any fucking sense. Like just have him be shirtless the whole time. Yeah. Easy. That would have been a nice move. A crop top was so weird. Like I, you always saw his belly button and stuff. And then the top of his pubes. Yeah. He had, he had interesting uh, hair color too. Does he have the same hair color in uh, OC? He's like a uh, light Brown borderline blonde so it was like a bleach blonde with a yeah, really not, unfortunate ponytail not that blonde. i would have definitely liked to see uh another hot guy but I, I think that that's how the rest of the twilight saga unfolds he's super hot guy dude this guy fucks with an x but just a little gratuitous i think on his attire that's it picking that uh my mcitw this is the Merce Cooper is the worst of the week. We do it every week. It's a staple. And this is brought to you by our fine sponsors on this podcast, Wicklow Wear. That's W-I-C-K-L-O-W-Wear. Before you explore, get all your outdoor gear at Wicklowwear.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check out get 10% off your order kits. That's $30 on the baseball tees, $20 on the tanks, $40 on the <laughs> sweatshirts, and $20 on the t-shirts. Sorry, we got so much swag that I just constantly forget, dude. So much hot swag. My MCITW, and that is the award for the worst character in this movie, analogous with a Marissa Cooper from the OC. I'm going to give it to Jacob Black. He wasn't in this movie at all. This is more of a series MCITW, but I know we're never going to get to the other movies. (laughs) So I'm just going to, it's like a preemptive, I give it to him now because I know from seeing him in the other movies, it's bad. Like every time he's on the screen, it's cringeworthy. Yeah. He's that bad at acting. He's they're trying to make him like so hot. He always has his shirt off. It's always gratuitous. I I hate everything about him. There was like a real small time window after this movie where they actually tried to make him like a Brad Pitt, like leading man. And they they had him star in this movie called Abduction. Oh yeah, yeah. Where he's like got a gun and he's, you know, chasing bad guys and outrunning the police, all this shit, whatever. And I think everyone immediately realized like, Oh my God, this guy's like the worst actor in the history of actors guild. <laughs> like, so I, 
I give it to him. I hate Jacob. I'm not team Jacob. I'm team Edward. Mm-hmm. Fuck Jacob. Fuck you, bitch. Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklower. <laughs> I hate you and your abs. And, you know, I think another thing I just want to say about this is I'm an underworld guy through and through. Have you ever seen the underworld movies? I have, yeah. Oh, dude. Me and Pat are obsessed with underworld. And I think what that movie made me was, in general, I'm team vampire mm-hmm. over werewolf team. Yeah, I can see it. I can see that. Werewolves are just, they have to turn that the the key difference between vampires and werewolves in in general is that vampires, vampires. can stay hot yeah. and just stay like their human forms and the only thing that changes is that they get longer canine teeth mm-hmm. whereas werewolves have to like fully transform their bodies into wolves so you just don't like the fact that it's such a hot cold with werewolves <sighs> yeah and and just underworld has the the heroine of that movie is a vampire mm-hmm. Celine and it just makes you like team team vampire all the way around okay that's me um anyone else you really hated in this movie or should we just go to MVPs let's go to MVPs who's who's your guy who's your guy or girl who is the best in this movie there's not a whole lot of people to like to put the MVP stamp on I almost want to say that I think for me personally, it was uh, I think it was it was our Pat just because I went into this movie with such terrible expectations and seeing this guy's face like throughout my whole like youth and thinking like, man, this guy's such a tool. He's so hot, but I hate him. Yeah. And he didn't really come out of here. Me thinking this guy's a total like, you know, douchebag. That's amazing i i came away and thinking okay it's like it was a lot better than i thought so that's why i'll give him you know the mvp yeah i mean i think that's key because anytime you're in one of these like typecast roles if you can get yourself out of it just based on raw talent and ability exact opposite is the mcitw winner taylor lautner who we just said could not physically get himself right. out of the typecast. He was so shitty that he now hasn't acted for the last three years. Whereas our Pat has just been slotted as the next fucking Batman. Yeah, he did it. He got out, dude. That's so, actually really impressive. Because like, yeah. what's, what's Daniel Radcliffe doing? Oh, dude, I guarantee he's not doing anything. Maybe contests for like who has the tiniest dick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, want a, I want another hour just diving into this complex you have with Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> I hate Daniel Radcliffe so much. Just, you know, I was that 13-year-old girl reading the Harry Potter books when I was growing up, and... I've never been more let down than when I saw that guy post puberty. Like I was fine with him in the first Harry Potter, like in 98. Cause he's like 10 and it's like, who knows what he's going to, you know, his full grown adult height. It's impossible to tell at this age. 
Actually, no, it's not. You can look at his fucking parents. That's that's my issue. If if you're casting for one of the, a billion dollar franchise like Harry Potter, look at his fucking gene pool. Like, look at his mom and dad. And if his dad's walking in at five foot two, and the mom's walking in at four ten, like it's very clear. Like this guy is gonna look like the age of ten for probably the next sixty years of his life. You're, I, I think you're actually right. I, I wasn't as perturbed as much as in the, in the last series as much as I, I think it really came to a head when he's supposed to be playing this kind of like uh, uh, the Quidditch World Cup with Cedric Diggory. Yeah. When, uh, you know, he was supposed to be more like the teenage years, like kind of more like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I don't know. This this has gone into Harry Potter, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll save all this for the Harry Potter podcast, but our Pat, dude, our Pat's your guy. MVP. That's a guy who doesn't have a tiny dick like Radcliffe. Yeah, who's yours? I mean, I think it would be Team Edward for me uh, for MVP same or the thing that initially came to my head was the same feelings that you had about Edward about not being typecast in this role I kind of had for Bella, for Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Like I, I came out of this going... Not only was she like a strong woman, but she was also like not typecast for me. Like I've seen her in all these other roles, same as with you and our Pat. And I've never once thought of her as Bella from Twilight. Mm-hmm. Like in Adventureland, I never once thought of that. Was that after? It was the next year. Yeah. 2009. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 This I think the movie just gets a bad rap. Way, way worse rap than... Then it should. Look, is it good? No. Fuck no. It's not good. But it's not like a 20 or 30% movie. I think it's like right around where Rotten Tomatoes said, 49 or so. It's like right around 50%. All right, dude. Any other explosive thoughts from you? Or does that, uh, should we take it to Rap Town? Let's take it to Rap Town. Kids, you know what time it is. Sleepy time. It's time to tuck on in. You get really, really comfortable tucked into those sheets to that bed and ajb what are we going to tell those kids as we wrap this pot clear eyes full hearts do less kids do it less You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.